Hey everybody, Delaney here and welcome back to the Beat the Brave Ones podcast. Today, we are continuing on in the Shout It series talking with Terry Whitaker. She is a wife, a mom, a worship leader, a homeschool teacher, an author, and a church planner who is so passionate about discipleship and helping others understand and embrace God's word. She loves dark chocolate, buttered toast, and the beach, but not all three at the same time. In today's episode, she talks with Mandy about the overflow that comes from time in God's Word and real-life friends versus social media, as well as how times of crisis proves the foundation of our faith. I just wanted to invite you to pull up a seat and join us at this table of brave conversation. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. We've needed to get you on here. I'm so excited to be here. This is really fun. And I'm just so excited about what God's doing through you and through your ministry. And I'm just, I'm just privileged to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, I wanted to let our listeners know a little bit about how you and I know one another. And it's through a couple of different channels, right? We know each other locally through our homeschooling community here in Tampa, Florida, and then also through If Gathering. And I really feel like once we started working on If Gathering things locally is when our relationship started to grow more and I started to get to know you more. Yeah, uh, I agree. We started out uh, homeschooling together. I remember you invited me to uh, do a Bible study at our lunch break. But yeah, If Gathering was really the catalyst for, I think, real friendship. Yeah, and I love that you bring up the Bible study, the lunch Bible study. I, I forgot about that until someone else brought it up recently. And I think Mm -hmm. that wherever we can incorporate Jesus, right? Like as homeschooling, as a homeschooling mom, you know, we're busy, right? We have so much going on. We have so much on our plates. If we're doing things in ministry, it's even more. But it's so vital that we get that time together in the word with others. And the Holy Spirit just put it on my heart. Hey, you guys sit around and talk at lunch uh, on your community days. What if you just invited people to do a Bible study together? And I remember that being a place as well where we got to know each other better and really hear one another's Mm -hmm. heart. and share Jesus together. And I also have to mention, of course, our Voxer group. Hey, Voxer girls. Yes, we know you're listening. We love you. Uh, (laughs) Also known as our brave tank, right? I I don't know where I would be without our Voxer sisterhood. I mean, I just remember yesterday waking up and feeling just, uh, right, negative. And Mm -hmm. I described it as every negative thought propelled another negative thought. And that is just not me. I'm usually positive. I can find the hope in every situation. And I knew this is icky and ugly and it's got to go. And I knew that when I dropped a message in our Voxer group that I was going to be prayed for. Yeah. Uh, it's such a special place. It is such a special place. I feel like it's, it's, it's so comforting to have a group of women in your back pocket that you know when the chips are down, when there's a you know, a real need, those people will pray for you. And when they say they're going to pray for you, they actually will. And they'll pray yeah. with faith. And that's, that's really priceless. And so. the prayers of the righteous availeth much. That's right. And they're powerful and effective as they're working. And we can testify to it. Absolutely. Uh, the title of our current series is called Shout It. And, you know, as I was thinking about our conversation and praying about it as well, God brought something to mind. And that is when I think it was at the end of when you and I went to If If Lead together, which is part of If Gathering for those listening. And it was either after that, or maybe it was your word of the year where you talked about overflow. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? 
I and, remember Yeah, that was my word of the year. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like that connects with shout it and our live yeah. shouting, right? Absolutely. And even some of the things that we're going to talk about today. And so the heart of that series is that our lives would shout that the word of God is true and not just with our words, but with our actions. And I know that you lead a discipleship group at your church. And recently you were telling me how God had been pulling you away from social media and drawing you closer into community with them. And I believe that that community is so valuable and important when it comes to overflow, right? Like we're spending time with God's people. And so I was wondering if you could share a little bit how God has been stirring in your heart and your discipleship group, and maybe just anything else that you think that our listeners would benefit from hearing in regard to that. Yeah. You know, when I think over this past year, I think no matter where you live or what particular things you've been going through, almost all of us, I think, could say that we have been more isolated than ever before. We've had more downtime than normal and more pressures than than normal. And I think I'm not alone. I think there's a lot of us who are still getting on social media, right? That has, that's one thing that hasn't particularly changed that we do still want to connect with the world. And so we get on our phones and we start the scroll. Um, but I had just underestimated the permission that I was giving media in my life to influence me. You know, we talk about influencers, but I think sometimes we get on our phones, we forget that we are actively being influenced. And I found that I would often just walk away from my phone just feeling disturbed or upset or sad or questioning things that I hold firmly. And that was, I knew that was just not a healthy thing for me, but it was really when I was in discipleship group that that really started to shift in my life. So I love discipleship. It's, it's a heartbeat for me to not just read the word in isolation, but to be in a community of women where we can love God together, we can study his word together, we can hold one another up and challenge each other to actually live the life and the faith that we profess. And so even though I knew that something needed to change with the way that I was taking in media and the hold that it was having on me, it was really not until I was just spending that quality time in God's word with other believers. They imparted faith to me, courage to me, hope to me. And it was just that recentering and reprioritization. When I get on my phone, I'm often looking at people that God has not called me into deep community with, or he has not given me an active role in their life. But when I'm sitting at the table with my four girls, those are women that God has called me to. I'm invested in their lives and they're invested in my life. And my faith alone is not enough to, with, you know, to hold me together. I need God's people coming around me and sharing their faith with me. That is so good. So good, Terry. And, you know, something that I really love about what you were sharing is the investment, right? When we think about the people that God has actually placed in our lives, you know, my kids call it IRL friends and real life friends. <laughs> They're more cool than me. It's like the whole sure. thing. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing for that generation, right? Mm. Um, but when we think of kingdom and we think of like, if there's a kingdom bank account, what's going to yield the biggest return? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The IRL friends or our online friends. And in current, it's not like online friends that we can't make an Absolutely. impact. We can. Absolutely. Um, the online world is a real place and God is going to use it for his kingdom and his glory. But 
there's just a danger of allowing influence to creep in that shouldn't be there and for us. And there's also the danger of hypocrisy, right? It's, it's important for our real lives to over talking about overflow, to overflow into the online world, not for the online world to overflow into our real life world. Yes. And I love what you shared about that influencing us. Like we don't recognize whatever we're exposing our mind to is what is influencing us. And even if we don't recognize it right away, it's slowly building up over time yeah. and absolutely can impact what we say and do in real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's just something for us to be mindful of. And so something else that you said recently that really stuck with me is that you didn't know how firm your foundation of faith was until it had been tested. Mm-hmm. And you shared something uh, that you had walked through at, a season that was hard mm. and you got to see how firm the foundation your faith was on. Yeah. Uh, would you mind sharing that with us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I came to know Jesus as a, a little girl and I, I believe that my faith was genuine. I really had a love for the Lord and wanted to serve him. But I, I think there's also just this reality that we all walk around with this insulation of the everyday and the ordinary around us all the time. You know, we're just thinking about doctor's appointments and assignments and job things and kid things and food things and, you know, whatever else is in our daily life. But it's when when a a crisis hits or something happens that just strips away all that insulation and and we're kind of exposed before the Lord that we really have an opportunity to evaluate who are we really? What do we really believe? What do we really love? What really defines my life? And for me, that one of those moments came in my early 20s when my, my mom passed away very unexpectedly. And I was not living in the same state that she was. So it, it just happened really suddenly. And my dad called me to give me the news. And it was it was horrible. My mom was my best friend and she was my mentor. She was that older woman in the faith who showed me what it looked like to obey Jesus. And, um, so when I lost her, I lost all of those things. I lost my mom. I lost my best friend and I lost my mentor and it was completely out of the blue. And I, I mean, I have this vivid memory of after, after just kind of the violence of the emotions started to recede, um, that night, just clinging to my Bible and crawling up on my couch and just crying out to the Lord. And I just remember saying to him, okay, God, are you really real? Because I've loved you. I have lived for you. I have built my life around you, but this is the real thing right now. This is it. And if you're not enough for me, if I can't find you here, if my faith isn't strong enough now, then I was just pretending the whole time. It was just playing church, playing Jesus girl, you know, just enjoying the, the perks of being a Christian. Um, so yeah, I just, that moment was so clarifying to my faith. Was I really going to trust him? Was I really going to have faith? And over those next few weeks in particular, God, through his Holy Spirit, just poured comfort into my heart through his word. The scriptures just came alive to me in a way that was fresh and powerful and new. The spirit was with me. And I I walked out of that season that had a lot of repercussions 
for me and for my family that just were ongoing, um, really hard things. And yet I can really say that my faith was tested and it was genuine at that time. And there was, um, there was just so much joy in that. And there still is so much joy in that. And I, I don't say that to negate the suffering because I am still heartbroken about not having my mom. I'll never not be sad that she's not with me. And, and yet at the same time, Jesus is real. His love is real. His comfort is real. And that is the one sustaining thing that I need in my life, nothing else. And learning that that time has sustained me through a lot of other sufferings and trials as my life has gone on. That's not the only hard thing that's ever happened. You know, we usually have more than one hard thing that ever happens to us. But in each of those circumstances, I have been able to find again that Jesus is enough and that his grace is sufficient, that his power is made perfect in weakness and that his Holy Spirit will be with me. And it makes me think of, um, in first Peter, how Peter says that the tested genuineness of your faith will result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he also says that the tested genuineness of our faith is more precious than gold that perishes through fire. And so, you know, those, those are those moments that we would never wish on anybody. We don't ever want crisis or tragedy or suffering to happen, but we serve a God who redeems and who takes from tragedy who can create victory out of it. And so we can trust him in those moments that he is going to expose what needs to be exposed. And he's going to give us the faith that we need. Man, as you're sharing that, I'm thinking of, well, first of all, just praising God that you're able to express the joy that you found during that time, proving that with Mm -hmm. Jesus, we can have joy even in suffering and, and that the pain and the joy can coexist at the right. same time. And I believe yeah. that that joy, that peace is him. It is mm-hmm. his presence because he says that he is close to the brokenhearted right. and there he was close to you. And then I also think about, I don't know where the verse is about a seed going into the ground and dying mm-hmm. before life yep. can come. I just got this picture of as your mom passed away, this bursting forth of a harvest in you. I, I feel like I just want to give your mom a hug. <laughs> you know, you that's you one day. Yes. Yes. Uh. And of course, a lot of that, you know, talking about a seed that's planted in the earth that has to die before it can grow. And there's a lot of waiting in that. So, you know, if you, if you're listening and you're somebody who has walked through suffering and you're not seeing like the next day, perfection jump out of your life. That's, that's okay. God's work happens over time and we do have to be patient. We have to trust him and wait with him and keep holding fast to him because God work is working through that whole time. And we can trust him even when the seed is buried deep and you don't see the life at the surface. That's, that's the time that we have to cling to him because he is doing a work and it takes faith to believe it. And and something else as you share that, that stands out to me is you expressing that you still experience pain and you'll always experience pain from not having your mother here on earth any longer. And uh, I think we fear pain. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like when we experience a tragedy like that, we fear, or if we even think about experiencing that kind of loss, we fear the pain. Like I could never, how would I move on? How would I be okay? This pain is never going to go away. Well, even if it doesn't, Jesus, Mm -hmm. like you said, Jesus is enough. He's going to give you the peace and the grace in the day to day. uh, As you continue. You know, um, we lost our dog this week. Uh, really tragically and suddenly. And I have been blindsided by how sad I is. He was my first dog and I didn't expect to feel so sad about a pet dying, but um, I hate pain. It feels awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Walking my kids through pain stinks, you know, like hearing, hearing my daughter cry is just heartbreaking and I, I don't enjoy it at all. And yet at the same time, um, I see the kindness and the gentle heart of God in all of those moments. He is with us and he is enough. And seeing my kids learn to trust in a God who brings resurrection, who, who has made it so that because of Jesus's death, our death, our physical death is not the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that death is no longer something to be afraid of. And seeing my kids be able to hold on to those truths because of a, tra- a you know, a smaller tragedy that has happened to our family. Those are the real things. And seeing that God is being enough for them in these, in these sad moments of their lives. And, and honestly, in the sad moment of my life, <laughs> um, does remind me again and again and again, he is enough. His power is enough. And we don't, yeah, it's, we fear pain, but God is going to give us the grace when we need it. And, and he is, he will be there for us. If we keep clinging to him, if we keep holding on to him, if we keep searching for him in the darkness, he will be there. He is there. Yes. Yes. We just released the brave girls gather share guide for shout it. And Mm -hmm. it's in Matthew chapter seven. And there's the section of scripture not only about the testing of our faith, you know, Jesus talks about uh, when the storms of life come, those mm-hmm. who not only listened, but obeyed me, when the storm yep. comes, their house will still be standing because they built it on the rock. Yeah. Uh, but also in that section of scripture, Matthew chapter seven, he talks about asking and seeking and knocking. You keep mm-hmm. going back. You keep going back, asking, seeking, looking for him, knocking mm-hmm. and the door will be opened. Yeah. Uh, so last month we talked about shouted as well, but we did a brave conversation release where we released mm-hmm. conversation cards and a leader guide. And one of the verses, the key verses from that leader guide was Joshua one eight. And I actually sent that to you in advance and mm-hmm. you said it had some meaning to you. And I would love yeah. for you to share that with our listeners. Well, it was really great that you, um, brought that up because in my discipleship group to circle back down to my girls, um, we had memorized that verse just a few weeks before. And so it was a a little test. Like, did I really memorize that? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And I halfway failed, but I, you know, I'm still working on it. I'm I'm a work in progress. (laughs) Well, let me, let me Um, read the verse right now. Let me just let everyone know what that verse says. It says, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Yep. So this is a, this is a great verse because it's, um, it's got two sections that I think 
are married together and we should never separate them. So the first half of this uh, Joshua 1.8 talks about meditating and thinking and, and studying God's word, keeping it close to our heart. But then there's this conjunction that connects it to the next section so that you may be careful to do all of what I have commanded you to do. And so I think that there is a temptation to focus on one or the other, but we don't have that option as believers. The other thing that's really cool about that verse is that it's in the book of Joshua. So Moses has just died and Joshua is taking over the leadership of the people. And this is God speaking to Joshua right before they're about to go into the promised land. And there's two things that are before that verse. And then they're repeated again after that verse. And one of them is that God says, I will be with you wherever you go. And he says that before he makes that command about meditating on the law and obeying it, and he gives it again after. And then the second thing he says both before and after is be strong and courageous. That's God hyping up brave girls gather right there. Be strong and courageous. Absolutely. (laughs) And so the two things that we learn is that it's the presence of God being with us that makes his word come alive and makes it possible for us to obey. But also we can do that with courage and strength and joy Mm -hmm. because he's with us. You know, we can't have courage, strength, and joy if we don't believe that God is with us. If we're alone, it is going to be real hard. Suffering is hard. Life is hard. We live in a broken world. We cannot do this on our own. Amen. And so I have one final question for you. As you know, the vision of Brave Girls Gather is to refuse to leave the next generation behind. Uh, We want to see them bravely living out their purpose that God has intended for them. And so I want to ask you, why do you believe that it's essential for us to connect and invest in the lives of the next generation? Well, I don't think it's optional (laughs) for sure. I mean, this is the core thing that Jesus commanded us when he left the earth, right? To go and make disciples of all nations. And the other aspect of that is that I'm a mom and I'm a middle school youth group leader. So I get a lot of time with kids and they are the church. They are not just accessories to our adult life. They are the next generation. They are taking the reins after us. So who are we going to be if we are not going to be faithful to them? Because they, they are an extension of our faith. So I love working with middle schoolers. I know some people feel like middle schoolers are hormonal and strange. Um, but <laughs> that means they need so us more. Fun to be. Yeah, Yeah. they are so fun. They are so full of questions. I I mean, it's like one of my favorite things to do is to sit around with my middle schoolers and talk about God with them because they're uncensored and they're just going to say what they're thinking. And they have these questions that adults have but don't ask. Mm -hmm. And it is such an honor and a privilege to be the one to get to hold their hands and show them Jesus. Uh, I feel that way with my kids, too. It's the the biggest honor of my life to get to just show them who Jesus is to me and what he has done for me and just to pray over them that God would show himself to them too. So I guess I struggle with how, how we could not refuse to leave the next generation behind because they are us. They are the church. We are one body. And so we can't, it's not optional, you know, you don't leave anybody behind. And I guess my my other encouragement is there's just so much joy in investing 
in young people. And we were all young people once. I mean, I remember being their age and having lots of questions and longing for those older, wiser people to look at me and pay attention to me and love me a little bit. So it's a privilege and to believe in them because God is going to be at work in them. He already is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree. Why would we not do it? Right. But I think that we just get distracted and the world, you know, going back to what you were sharing about being influenced by the world and it distracting us, it not revealing to us the importance of that call to keep our eyes there. And even as parents, it can be easy for us to divert to thinking that it's the church's job to disciple Mm -hmm. our kids, Mm -hmm. but we are the person who God has charged with pointing to him, just like your mother pointed you Mm -hmm. and and built that strong foundation of faith. The church becomes in addition to what we're doing in the home. And then we get to be the church to other people's kids as those parents invest in them. So Terry, thank you so much for taking this time to be here and have this conversation. I've enjoyed this so much. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Mandy. It's been wonderful. Thank you for joining us. If this episode encouraged you, we just wanted to invite you to be brave enough to share it with somebody, share it with a friend. When talking with Terry, Mandy mentioned the Shout It conversation cards and leader guide, and you can find those on the Brave Girls Gather website. And we'll also post a link for it for you in the show notes. We invite you to check those out and consider how God might be calling you to host your own table of Brave Conversation. Be sure to join us back right here next week. Mandy and I will be walking through the Shout It Share Guide together discussing our takeaways from Matthew chapter 7. See you guys then.